Okay, everybody. I just listened to last week's podcast today. And can I say, oh my gosh, boring. <laughs> okay, maybe the information was okay. But I listened to myself and like, oh, you sound like you're barely awake, which the problem was is I was barely awake. I recorded that at about 4.30 a.m. on a Saturday morning as I was getting ready, as I was heading out of town. I needed to record it in advance and get it published so that while I was gone, it would air automatically. And I got it all done. I was like, yes, it's done. It's over. And then I listened to it today so that I could kind of recap. I was like, oh, my goodness. You sound so dull. <laughs> so I'm going to try to commit to not recording at 4.30 a.m. on Friday mornings when they go live at 9 a.m. on Friday morning. So I'm really proud of you if you made it through last week's podcast because I barely made it through. So what we are doing, we're on week three of kind of talking about the book, A Gospel Primer. So if you haven't listened to episodes 18 and 19, go ahead and do that. This being episode 20, this is our third week talking about this book. Might only just take this week and maybe next week. We'll see how I feel as we go. But week one, we just talked about how the gospel, we can't really view it as basic. There's some over-familiarity in the lives of believers that we kind of just see it as basic. Another thing that we study and we kind of forget about how huge and all-encompassing it is, how it is the umbrella of Christianity that everything fits neatly under, and that if we keep reminding ourselves of what the gospel really is, what it really teaches us and tells us, we can apply it every single day in all sorts of situations throughout our life. We see that template that modeled by Paul in the New Testament, or at the beginning of the letter, he reminds everyone that he's writing to about the gospel and what it is. He does that in Ephesians, Colossians, a lot in Romans, and then goes ahead and applies it later on in the chapter to life, to what they're going through. Like, because of the gospel, then this. In light of the gospel, this is how we live. Two weeks ago, we reviewed that twice in scripture, gospel is defined as the power of God. That his working... That is the gospel. It is where we see his greatest power, the side of heaven, outside of the person of Jesus Christ when he walked on earth. Last week, I touched on two of the little topics inside the book. I've heard from some of you that you've gone ahead and ordered the book. And then somebody else told me, hey, I found it free on Kindle. So if you don't want to buy the book or if you're a little behind, feel free to just download it onto your Kindle app. The book is kind of set up as 31 short little bullet points and reminders and implications of the gospel and how that can affect our lives. So you can look at one every single day. It references all the scripture that he uses to kind of build that premise and that idea. And this was just a personal personal journey for Milton Vincent as he was reminding himself how powerful the gospel really is. So last week I touched on two of them. Number four, which was my daily protection. That's what it's talking about. It's talking about putting on the armor of God that the armor of God itself is a metaphor, a simile of the gospel and how we are in a battle. We are in spiritual warfare all the time. We do not battle against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against the spiritual warfare that is going on all the time. I think we can feel it daily. I think we call it out as Satan's lies in our heads, this battle that we're constantly doing. And we're reminded that the gospel 
as we preach this part of the gospel to ourselves, we are reminded to take up and put on these pieces of armor so that we can do this battle that is before us and we face it every day. I know I face it every single day. I struggle with thoughts and insecurities and I have to renew my mind and put on that armor and to daily be prepared to do battle against the evil one in so many different ways. So that was reminding ourselves and preaching the gospel to ourselves as a reminder that the gospel is our daily protection in this form of victory and power that can be had through the gospel over Satan's attacks and his lies. We looked at number nine, which is resting in Christ's righteousness. Because of the gospel, we are seen as righteous, not because of anything that we have done, but because of what God has done, what Jesus sacrificed himself to do so that we are in Christ, that when he looks down at us, when he looks at us, he doesn't see us with our failures, with our struggles, with our past, with our sin. He sees Christ. He sees us blessed. He sees us redeemed. He sees us righteous. And we can continually remind ourselves when we get into these traps of just feeling like, oh, I screwed up again, or oh, I'm so this, or I'm so that, or I'm unlovable, or all of these things that we believe negatively about ourselves. because of the gospel, we can remind ourselves that we are righteous in Christ's eyes. That we are righteous because of Christ and because of what he has done, not because of what we have done. And that he sees us blameless and blessed. The one that I want to add today is one I hadn't really thought about in the way that it's presented in the book before. It is number 12 and it is called My Inheritance in the Saints. I'm going to read to you Ephesians 2 verses 11 to 22. Therefore, remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, that done in the body by the hands of men, remember that at that time you were separated from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by abolishing in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new man out of the two, thus making peace, and in this one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. This message of the gospel, this part that we see in the second half of Ephesians 2, is talking about it's not just a message of reconciliation of each of us individually with God, but it also is the reconciliation of all believers to one another 
in Christ. We see the dividing line. We see the barrier, the law, and the dividing wall of hostility. We see it abolished. We see groups of people that were at odds with each other now coming together as one. Through the death of Christ, God brought peace where there once was hostility. He broke down racial, economic, socioeconomic, social barriers that once divided us outside of Christ. And let's be honest, sometimes even within Christ, we still divide ourselves. But we can remember that the gospel has broken down those barriers, that we are one, that he brought us together as an inheritance in the saints. We see in Ephesians 1.18, that I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. We're talking about the establishment of the church, the big C church, not your local building, but the body of believers who rest in the gospel and what it teaches and how we have become one. No matter what we've done, no matter who we are, no matter where we live, no matter what we came from or where we're going, he has united us as one. And as a church, we are one body. We've heard the scripture and we've heard it talked about how we are a body with many members and that we've all been given specific gifts to use. So not only do we look at my inheritance of the gospel, is that now I am a member of God's family. I have been adopted. I am now inherited into the family of Jesus. But I am also adopting, I am receiving the inheritance of all of the saints. We're called to do community together, to share our gifts with one another. And I think the part that I didn't really think through, or maybe it hit, or it was something new, maybe reminded, I think it was something new, is that this portion of inheritance that I receive, my reconciliation with God, it's now reconciliation with saints. And it's really easy for me to look out and be like, oh, I'm reconciled. I'm in community. I'm in fellowship with these other believers. They are part of the gospel as I'm living out my life in fellowship as a believer. The fulfillment of gospel in my life that I see, that I feel, that I experience has to do with the other saints that have inherited it as well, that we are now become one. And that makes me a part of theirs also that I have a gift that might just be part of their relationship and their experience of the fullness of God in Christ too. And that gets to be a little like, whoa, are you sure? Like that sounds kind of big. That's heavy. Ah, it's a lot of pressure. (laughs) I don't think I want to be part of someone's experience of the gospel. I'll just leave that with Jesus. But this fulfillment and experience of All of us coming together with our gifts and working together and being a community and seeing how Christ in us can live out in power because of the gospel is a huge gift and a huge privilege. He finishes the section that he says, the more I comprehend the full scope of the gospel, the more I value the church for which Christ died, the more I value the role that I play in the lives of of my fellow Christians, and the more I appreciate the role that they must be allowed to play in mine. 
this is something new for me to meditate and, and to think about. And as I am, it's hitting me that so many times in our Christian walk, so many times in our daily lives, have I thought, have I had conversations with others that I've encouraged other people through and I've struggled through with myself, is comparison among other believers. They are doing this and they are doing that and they make it look so easy and they've got it all together. It's so easy to believe those lies and to compare ourselves against them. And what by default happens when we compare ourselves against someone else is that we kind of put a little bit of a divider between the two of us because now I'm feeling less than because they're doing this or because they're doing that or they've achieved this thing. Or I'm doing quite the opposite and I'm putting them down and building myself up to feel better than women sometimes have the tendency to tear others down to make themselves feel better, which is too bad, which is a problem, and it's something that we need to deal with. And I think this passage in Ephesians is a really great reminder. I think preaching and reminding ourselves of the gospel in this instant, in this daily life application, is a great reminder because we're all part of the same body, and we're all different, and it's by design, and it's intentional, and we are all saints that have inherited this adoption together as one. What would it look like if we lived a little bit better as one? What if we didn't compare? What if we saw everybody as a citizen of God's family, as a fellow saint? Like really, truly think about this. What would that change in your life, in your thought process, in your own self-esteem, and how you see yourself? Ephesians 2.19, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household. I hesitate to say we're all in this together because it is so overused in this COVID world right now. But as believers, we have become one. We've been reconciled as one body and one family. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. And I challenge us to see each other that way, to see us the way Christ sees us. And that can be very tricky. And that is why it is so important that we keep rehearsing these gospel truths in our daily walk. Okay, if you haven't done so yet, I still have spots left and open and available for our women's retreat coming up October 2nd through the 4th here in Lake Geneva. So go ahead, visit me on my website, check us out on social media to go ahead and register for that. The mask mandate will be lifted by then. It'll be September 28th then when it is over. So it will be a time to really just kind of break free, to enjoy the nature, to take a walk around the lake beautiful weather. I'm hoping fall colors, a time to refresh and a time together to worship, to pray, to come together in community as a body of believers and saints, and to focus on the hope that we have in Christ. So I hope you're able to make it. If not, stay tuned. I'm sure I will share after the fact all the things that we've talked about and discussed. If you are willing and able, leave a review on whatever platform it is that you are listening to. I would greatly appreciate it. I hope you all have a wonderful week. We will see you next time.